Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Hallelujah. In your Bibles this morning, I invite you, since it's Christmas Eve, let's go study the Christmas story a little bit. Is that okay? Over 25 years ago, according to my recollection, my mom and dad still lived over in Harville Lafitte, the home we grew up in. And as is the tradition in our family, uh, we gathered together on Christmas Day and have Christmas, uh, have Christmas meal together and then we read the Christmas story and, and uh, uh, open gifts, exchange gifts, have a time of fellowship in the family. And that particular day, the Lord uh, visited me. Uh, my dad asked me, he said, go back there and get the Bible and, and, and get ready to read uh, the Christmas story. Because there's several par- parts of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where you can go. Well, not actually not John, but Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke, where you can go read portions of the scri- uh, Christmas story. Uh, you take and put them all together, you have the complete story. Amen. And so uh, I went back actually into their bedroom to get their, uh, uh, I remember the Bible, it was, a, it was an Oral Roberts Bible that they had, uh, I guess got at a meeting with Dr. Roberts, and turned to Luke chapter 1, and when, they turned, when I turned to Luke chapter 1, the, the Holy Ghost fell upon me and visited me. Now, he gave me revelation out of Luke chapter 1 that literally uh, different ministers and ministries sometimes will have a, have a, a, a portion of Scripture that kind of identifies them. I, I know, I, I can't count how many times I heard Brother Kenneth e. Hagin preach out of Mark 11. Any of you that's ever listened to any of his uh, 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 teachings, read his books, he always refers back to Mark 11, uh, 22, 23, and 24 kind of identified uh, the way he identified his ministry, and, and it just was a, a powerful revelation in him. Well, this has been this way for me. I've taken this one scripture and preached it from, I don't know how many, maybe a hundred different directions, in a hundred different settings, and, and seen such tremendous results, it's unimaginable. I mean, it's just, whenever God puts revelation in you like that, that's the way it is. Uh, most recently, I preached out of Luke chapter 1 at the minister's conference in Manila in the Philippines at New Life, Pastor Paul Chase's church, and the Holy Ghost just fell on that meeting, just just incredibly. I remember one time uh, preaching out of of Luke chapter 1, this very uh, chapter, in Dundalk, Ireland, in a conference. And right as I got to the end of it, the glory of God came into the building and literally filled the building up to the point that I could not see my hand in front of my face. And when the glory of God lifted, and when it lifted, it lifted kind of to the top of the building. I looked, and there was, there was an aisle down the middle, and then there were small aisles down the side, just two sections of seats. And on this corner here, three piles there, where people piled on top of each other, where they tried to get out of their seat and come to the front, and the Spirit of God just hit them and knocked them on the floor right there. And I could tell you, time after time after time after time, when the Holy Ghost said, now you teach this, now you preach this, when the Spirit of God would come and confirm exactly what was being said here. Now, when we look at it on the surface, we think, well, what could, what could come out of the, the, uh, the incarnation? What could come out of, uh, of Mary v- being visited by an angel that, that's relevant to us? But remember this about revelation knowledge. How many remember what revelation knowledge is? That's, that's that which is revealed from the source. Not that which you get from the preacher, but that which you get from God. Amen. Not what the preacher says, but what God says. Amen. 
which means every time you come to a service here at Island Church, because we pray, we intercede, we believe God, the Word of God gets taught, but the Holy Ghost, as the Bible described, broods over this congregation, looking for open hearts, which He can take the spoken Word and make it the revealed Word in your life. That's called rhema. And that's how faith comes, and that's what you live on. Amen. Well, let's go here to Luke chapter 1. And we'll begin there in verse 26. 26 of Luke chapter 1. And this is the Christmas story. And if it is the Christmas story, which I find one of the most amazing realities. I've been in different parts of the world at this time. uh, And everywhere, I've, I've never been in a place they didn't celebrate Christmas. Amen. And I guarantee you today, in the darkest regions of the earth, there's still people celebrating Christmas. You think about, well, North Korea, I guarantee you there's nobody in North Korea celebrating Christmas. I guarantee you in North Korea, there's probably somebody got a little Christmas tree somewhere, got a little manger scene, amen, and they're going to read the Bible and talk about the incarnation of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, amen. Now, now notice this, verse 26, it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, notice the term, was sent from God. Everybody say, sent from God. Unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin. I like the word virgin. I studied the word virgin. The word virgin means pure by choice. Amen. 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 You need to make a decision to be in your your own spirit, in your own soul. You need to be a virgin. You say, what do you mean by that? Pure by choice. You choose to be pure in your heart. Amen. Amen. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Now, I know there's a lot of teaching today. It's, it's really not teaching. What it is is tradition established by man that Mary herself was deity. But I, I believe as we study this today, you'll see that Mary is no different than each and every one of us. She's just like us with the same inhibitions, with the same uh, reservations, with the same inabilities. She's just like everybody else. Amen. And let me just say this. Don't worship Mary. You say, well, that goes against my religion. Don't worship Mary. You worship Jesus. You worship the Heavenly Father, but we don't worship Mary. Amen. Now notice, this angel didn't make a mistake. He went to the right person at the right place at the right time. Amen. He, listen, I've seen this in all different, I've seen for many years here at Island Church when we were in the hotel ballrooms, when we were in our little building over on 45th Street, here in this building, when we get in our next beautiful building that God gives us, there's going to be people that'll come in, they'll sit in a service, and right in the middle of the service, they're going to get up and walk out. And this is what they're going to think. I'm at the wrong place. I'm, it's the wrong time, and I'm with the wrong people. But I got good news for you. If you're here today, you're at the right place. You're at the right time, and you're with the right people. God did not make a mistake. Now, notice how this angel interacts with Mary. It said, the angel came into her and said, Hail, that are, that are, thou that are highly favored, the Lord is, is with thee, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed art thou among women. Now, the angel came with revelation, and the revelation began with something that identified who she was in God's eyes. Now, let me say that again. The angel came with revelation, and the revelation began with the angel revealing unto her, this is how God sees you. 
This is not how the Roman government sees you. This is not how your religion sees you. This is not how your own parents see you. This is how I see you. Now, I want you to know if you're going to have an encounter with God, it's going to have to begin with how God sees you. God sees you if you're born again. He sees you as a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you're born again, he sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ. He say, Pastor, I feel so unworthy. I feel so unholy. I've done things that aren't right. It does not matter. If you're going to change that in your life, you're going to have to begin to see yourself as God sees you. And as you see yourself as God sees you, you begin to say what God says about you. God says you're righteous. God says you're blessed. God says you're healed. God says you're holy. God says you're consecrated. God says all these wonderful things about you, you need to say them about yourself. I don't care what other people say about me. It doesn't matter. What my neighbors say about me, what my government says about me, what anybody says about me is going to one day is going to fail. But what God says about me is going to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But now notice verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner, what manner of salutation this should be. Now notice, first of all, the first place Mary went, bless her heart. I can't wait to meet her in heaven. The first place Mary went was where? Into her mind. Which many times that, that, that's what happens. When God begins to reveal a thing to us, whether it be something about our own identity in Christ, whether it be a revelation that may bring healing, whether it may be a revelation that may bring prosperity, no matter what it may be, first, first right out of the bat, right, first jump out of the chute, as we say, many times what we try to do is to embrace it with our minds. But you must understand your mind is your enemy when it comes to spiritual things. The Bible says the mind, the carnal mind is at enmity or it is an enemy of God. You've got to take some time. You've got to let the Word of God dwell in you richly. You've got to tell your mind, shut up. You're not going to talk me out of the good things of God. Because your mind will try to talk you out of it. Now notice the first emotion she, she discovered. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. The first thing she began to discover was fear. Many times when the Word of God comes and it's in instructional form or it's bringing identification to us, we begin to fear. Let me tell you, the Word of God does not produce fear. It produces faith. Amen. Let me try that again. The Word of God does not produce fear. You say, Pastor, I heard some stuff on TV the other day and it made me so afraid. It wasn't God's Word. He said, I tell you, I'm reading a book right now that somebody wrote. I'm so afraid by what they're saying in that book. That's not something God inspired. If God inspires something or if it comes from his word, it's going to cause faith to come, not fear. Amen. Amen. But because of her mind, that's what happens many times. Oh, we start to try to figure out God. We try to figure out the ABCs, the one, two, one, two threes, how God's going to do this, how God's going to do that. Let God be God. Let God be God. He's going to do it his way, so you might as well just sit back and enjoy the ride. Fear not, Mary. Thou hast found favor with God. Now notice this. And behold, thou shalt conceive. Now let me just say something, church. This is important. There's some things you're just going to have to have a conception of. It's going to have to conceive in the womb of your spirit. It's going to have to grow there, and you're going to have to birth it, and it's going to have to bear fruit. How many want to walk in divine health? 
You need a conception of divine healing by the word of God in your heart. How many want to walk in God's prosperity? You need a conception of the word of God in your heart that's going to bring forth abundance and no lack in your life. Come on, church. How many like to be delivered from all the bondage of the devil? Depression and addictions and, and all kinds of torment, all that. How many, like, how many like that? You need a conception of the delivering power of the name of Jesus in your heart. You've got to be open to it. You've got to say, God, here I am. Put in me, conceive in me by the seed, the incorruptible seed of your word, the reality of who I am, what I have, and what I can do in Christ. Amen. Oh, it'll change your life. I said, it'll change your life. Thou shalt conceive, bear in thy womb. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. See, back in that day, it was the father that named the child. Oh, I should have got 40 people ran around the church right then. You say, why? God is bringing Jesus on the scene. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. Son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now notice this. When the angel noticed that Mary responded not in faith but in fear, what, she, what he did was bring more word. Everybody say more word. Say more word. Say more word. Listen, what you need is more word. The Bible says, Apollos planted, uh, uh, Apollo, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You need word. You need word. You need word. We plant the word in you. We water the word. We plant the word. We water. But then God comes and gives the increase. Everybody say increase. You can't have any increase without any word. So he brings the word and brings the word and brings the word. And notice how Mary responds. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seen? I know not a man. See, she's just like us. Ain't nothing divine about her. There, there, there's, there, there's nothing about her that, that, that makes her any more special than us. She's just like us. When the Word of God comes to us, our minds go crazy. Then we try to figure out how impossible. That's so impossible. That could never happen. You ever notice how your mind just, it always rises up and say, that's impossible. Well, that's just impossible. That can never, let me tell you something. Oh, I tell you, if you get a hold of this today, you'll have the best Christmas gift of the season. There are things in your life right now that you may consider impossible that God wants you to have and God wants you to possess and God wants you to walk in that right now in your mind you think that's so impossible it'll never happen but if you'll open up your spirit to God and let him impart the word of God what was impossible for you today in a year from now you'll be walking in it handling it riding in it or living in it Amen. Woo, glory to God now look at verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. Now I can't speak for other churches, but I'm going to speak for Island Church. The Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. Listen, he ain't, he, he's not the Walmart brand of God. He's not the third string. Well, we got first string the Father, second string Jesus. Third, no, he's as much God as God is God. But let me just help you. In reality, everybody say in reality. In reality, the Father is in heaven. In reality, Jesus is seated at his right hand. But in reality, the Holy Ghost, God, is in you. He's in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. We'll get back to her in a moment. But now notice this. This angel included the word. If I say the word. And the spirit. If I say the spirit. And the testimony. You say, what do you mean testimony? Every one of us are going through something. Every one of us. Going through a physical challenge, a financial, a, a financial challenge, a, a maybe a challenge in our business, challenge in our job, challenge in our marriage, challenge in our family. You name the challenge. But let me just say something. Because here, this is, this is how the devil operates, and we need to be aware of his devices. He wants you to think, you're the only one. Let me try that again. He wants you to think you're the only one who has ever gone through anything like going on in your life. Like God got up this morning. Remember the two words we say God never says. God never says. God never says, says uh-oh. He didn't get up this morning and look down and said, oh, Jesus. Down there in Galveston. I thought that would never happen. We were not prepared for this. What are we going to do now? No. Whatever you're going through, no matter how severe, through the ages of time, since Jesus has rose from the dead, there's been person after person, family after family, marriage after marriage, Business after business, job after job, church after church that has gone through the same thing that we go through. Amen. It's what's common to man. First Corinthians chapter 10, no, nothing on this earth. Nothing on this earth. You, we cannot be tempted but anything that is common to man. And the good news is somebody's gone through it. You missed it. Somebody's gone through it. Somebody's gone through it. Where's that little lady that came up? It's got the 15-year-old daughter we prayed for. Where, where are you? Wave at me. You should have seen me at 15. You should have seen Leah at 15. You wouldn't be near as concerned about your daughter. But look at us now. Come on, church. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. We just thought we'd encourage her. Amen. And this is the what? Notice what it says. This is the what? Six month with her who was called barren. Now notice verse 37. This is, should be a verse that you have underlined in your Bible. you got a star on it if you've got it on your, 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 your iPad or whatever thing. There ought to be all kinds of exclamations around this. Now listen to the word the angel released. This is not the word of an angel. This is a word from God. Now listen to it. Not with your ears. Listen to it with your heart. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now you need to hear it. Now listen to it, hear it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall, I love it in the Amplified. It says no word from God is without power. I'll read it to you. Hold on, let me find it real quick. Verse 37. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. All you need is the word. I said all you need is the word. I said all you need is the word. In the word is encapsulated the ability, the power, the anointing, and whatever you need. All you need is the word conceived in you, growing in you, and birthing that which God wants you to have. I call that a neutral scripture. Not neutral like a neutral color. I, I, I use it in, how can I say this? In, in, in mechanical terms. You know, your, your, your brain can be in gear. You ever grind your gears? Your brain can be in gear and everything God's saying, you're like, nope, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, that sounds good, but, yeah, but, but, you know, I knew somebody that believed that and died. I knew somebody that believed that went broke. I, I don't know. You know, your mind can be in that gear. Amen. But then God will give you a word that will shift your mind into neutral. Some of y'all need to be in neutral. Everybody say in neutral. And this is one of those words. For with God, nothing should be impossible. So what your mind does is your mind looks at that and says, hmm. And it tries to figure it out, can't do it. It tries to measure nothing. Amen. Well, how many know what nothing is? If God says nothing, nothing is nothing. You say, well, pastor, I've got phase four cancer in every cell of my body. I'm going through a divorce. I, I, I've just lost, my business just went into bankruptcy. And my dog just got sick. I'm telling you, nothing is impossible with God. Now, hold on. You got, you got to get this. To back up the phrase, nothing is impossible with God, God puts it in the context of a virgin conceiving a child without knowing a man. Let me try that again. Some of you may get a little revelation today about how big your God is. When God says, I say, nothing is impossible with me, I'm going to frame it with a Christmas story. Listen, if this wasn't God, it, it wouldn't have lasted 25 years, much less 2,000. But for two millenniums, for two millenniums, that which was impossible with man was possible with God. And a virgin conceived. Now notice this. I think this is cool. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now notice verse 38. And Mary said, which is a principle of faith. There's some things you're just going to have to say. Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. 
Now, that word, word, there are, there are two words for the word, word. Did you get that? We know that the Old Testament was written in, 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 in Hebrew. The New Testament, which was, had Hebrew in it, had Greek in it, had Aramaic in it, but primarily when all the letters were written and done, it was Greek. And out of the Greek manuscripts came our English translation. And in the Greek language, which they call a romantic language, like Spanish and the other languages that are, that, are, that are more descriptive, the word word has two meanings. First, there's the word logos. Everybody say logos. Which is, a, which is a word that is written or given. Then there's the word rhema, which is the word that is alive and living. Now, this word is the word rhema, which is a word that was what? Alive and living in her. Now, 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 I don't know if you're ready for this. She hadn't been to Bible school. She hadn't been to rabbinical school. Women didn't go to rabbinical school. She wasn't even saved. Now hold on. She wasn't even saved. Which shows us that in unregenerate men and women, a rhema word can come into their spirits. Now hold on, hold on. If that was not so, you could never have been born again. Because when you were lost, when you were undone, and when you were without God, God put a rhema word in you. And you got born again. And you went from darkness into light. And you went from death to life. Now what makes you think God's going to turn off the spigot? Say, so what do you mean by that? What makes you think he's going to cut off the flow? He's going to keep giving you rhema word after rhema word after rhema word after rhema word after rhema word. And when Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto thee according to thy word, then every word spoken about Jesus, every prophecy from Isaiah, every prophecy from Jeremiah, every prophecy from Ezekiel, what, what Moses had said, what David had said, what Solomon had said, every word of God that identified and related to this being that would be conceived in the womb of this virgin, it swirled in the unseen realm and it found, oh my goodness, a place of location a place of habitation. <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to get happy here in a minute. You say, what, what do you mean? I've never preached this before. You don't know how many times I've preached this message. Do I need to use that handheld? The devil never has liked this message. Hallelujah. There we go. Now, let me say that again. All of that word spoken. The first scripture we mentioned today when we took the offer, Genesis 3.15, first redemptive scripture. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, and he shall strike it as healed. Now listen, that word, with every other word spoken in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, you name, you name the book, all of the Old Covenant, all of that word that revealed Jesus did what? Found a place to habitate, a, a place to become in the natural, a place to find flesh to be clothed upon. 
You say, what does that mean for us today? That means the Word is still swirling in the unseen, looking for a place to drop into the lives of individuals and show up in healing and show up in prosperity and show up in deliverance and show up in that which God desires to do that looks so impossible. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. That's not some mystery kept in the Vatican. It's very plain. At that point right there, that, world's, that word swirled in the unseen, dropped into the physical body of Mary and touched her reproductive organ. And the seed of God and the seed of the woman came together. And Jesus was conceived. Now let me close with this. I got about five minutes. Verse 36. Now this should be our response. This is how we should act when we get a word from God. And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country in haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Now remember I said, don't forget about Elizabeth. She was the one who, who, who was called what? Barren. And now she's six months pregnant. So you're going to have to look for people that carry stuff in the Spirit to hang around. You can't hang around barren people. You can't hang around abortionists. You say, who are abortionists? People that will speak things into your life that will abort the plan of God and cancel the effect of the Word of God in your heart. You got to stay away from them. And you got to stay away from things that will do that. You got to understand how precious and valuable the word is, especially once it's received. That's why you need to pray every day. You need to you need to you need to study the word every day and have pre- good prenatal care to that which God has given you. And you need to come to the clinic every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we pray. You need to be at the clinic. Taking care of that word you're carrying. Come on, church. Well, God spoke to me. I've never seen it come to pass. What have you done about it? So she finds Elizabeth. Now notice this. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I haven't seen that phrase before, and I won't see it again until Acts chapter 2. What's Elizabeth doing? Receiving a New Testament manifestation. It's because the New Testament just walked into her house. Amen. And he's the greater vision. She's carrying the lesser vision, which means the greater always activates the lesser. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that or not, Lord. You say, what do you mean by that? The greater vision of your spiritual life is not what you personally are going to do or not what I'm personally going to do. The greater vision of what God desires to do is the church, us together. What we, what God's called us to do. And when the lesser visions, which is what? What God wants you to have, what God wants you to do, comes into the greater vision, the greater vision activates the lesser vision. I'll I'll leave that with you. We'll preach on that later. 
A lot of people don't, don't, don't know how important it is to be in church. But I'm telling you, if you come to church, that what you're carrying is going to kick in your womb. And you know, God's doing something. God's doing something. The preacher said, God's doing something. God touched me in the worship service. God touched me in the praise service. I got a word from God. I'll leave it with that. And she spoke out with a loud voice. Said, I don't like all that. Y'all, y'all need to quiet it down here. No. Amen. Spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me? Now, Miss Lost notices that the mother of my Lord should come to Who told you that? She's got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. So many people fret. So many people worry. So many many people wonder about the future. Not those that are full of the Holy Ghost. Not those that pray in the Spirit. Not those that pray in tongues. You say, why? Because the Holy Ghost comes as your helper to show you things to come. For as low as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Well, there's John the Baptist dancing in the Holy Ghost before he's even born. But now let me close with this, last scripture. Now you need to get this. This is, this is your Christmas gift from God, from Jesus, from the Holy Ghost. And blessed is she that believed. So I'm going to say it to you like this, Island Church. You are blessed when you believe. Not when you doubt it. Not when you leave mad. Oh, I'm telling you, just trying to get my money. Well, I got hands laid on me. I still feel the same. No, you are blessed when you believe. Why am I blessed, Pastor? Here it is. For there shall be a performance. I think you need to hear that again. There is no other book that is an active manuscript that does what it says. I wish there was. I wish there was a diet book that all you had to do was read it. You lost 40 pounds. Amen. I send it to some of y'all, you know. (laughs) I wish there was a physical fitness book. That all you had to do was read it, believe it in your heart, confess with your mouth. But there's not. There's no performance in any other manuscript. If you get an instructional book about diet or exercise or, 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 or your mind, you've got to take and then you've got to, you've got to do what that book says. And every, But this book... You are blessed when you believe it. Because I've read some books that I believe, but I didn't do it. Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. But not the Word. The Word is designed to cause you to believe it. 
And the Bible says you're blessed. That word is the word empowered. That means an empowerment comes into your life. When the word of God comes into you and you conceive of it, of it in the womb of your spirit and you begin to walk that out and God begins to send Elizabeths into your life and the thing begins to leap in your spirit and you know it's of God and you carry it year after year after year after year. And as the years go by, it gets stronger and stronger because you know you've heard from God. Then God says, you're empowered you, when you believe. For there shall be what? A performance of those things that were spoken to you by the Lord. God says, I watch over my word to perform it. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that whereto it is sent and prosper in the thing in which it was sent to. That word that you have in your heart, in your spirit, is a performing, accomplishing force in your life. And there's nothing. It cannot do. It can heal from the worst disease. It can deliver from the worst addiction. It can get you out of the worst situation you've ever seen in your life. And it can cause the blessing of your life to come in such abundance that you're amazed that you've ever lived without it. And that's what God has given us. That's what Jesus is. The Christmas story is not about the trees, the lights. I like, I like the trees, the life. The lights, he's the light of the world. The ornaments which represent the wealth and the beauty. I even like Santa Claus. You say, why? Because he works all year just to give everything he worked for away. You can't beat that, amen? But what I like more than anything is that the Word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. And that word died on the cross. And that word rose from the dead. And that word is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's there to make sure that the word that is here on the earth is a performing, accomplishing force in our life. And the only person that can stamp void on it is you. The devil can't do it. The government can't do it. Look at the governments of the world that have crumbled because of the word of God. There's no circumstance, there's no situation that can stamp void on it. The only one that can do it is you. And I took that thing out of my life and threw it away years ago. Because I ain't got no void when it comes to the Word of God. Amen. Lift your hands and worship the Lord this morning. Father, we worship you. We thank you for Jesus. The eternal, ever-living Word of God. Born of a virgin. Lived a sinless life did signs, wonders, and miracles for he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Went to Calvary's hill. Died upon Golgotha, the place of the skull. Wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. Rose from the dead. Poured his blood upon the mercy seat. Appeared to the disciples gave a commission to all those that would believe upon him and made salvation so simple that the word of God says even a fool and a wayfaring man could enter into it. Jesus, be big in here today. I pray if there's one person that does not know you as Savior and Lord, that today they will receive the gift of salvation. If there's one person in here today that is born again 
but they've broken that fellowship. That today, Heavenly Father, you would restore them and bring them back to a place in their life where your relationship with them is the preeminent thing. Jesus, we love you. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful every day that you sent your only begotten Son. He is, was, and forever will be for us the babe in the manger, the healer, the miracle worker, the suffering Savior, the risen King. And we thank you, Father. He is our soon coming King. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment, let me ask you a question. Are you here today, living right, doing right? Did you do an inventory of your life? Are you right with God? Have you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior? If you're here today, say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I'm not sure if I were to die, I'd even go to heaven. I want to be sure. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have broken fellowship. The, the, uh, the term backslider, I don't like that. I was one for many years. I was out of fellowship with God. But if you're here today, you say, Pastor, on this Christmas Eve, 2017, I desire to be right with God. Please pray with me. If that's you, would you lift your hand up high? See one hand. Another hand, another hand, another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? God's dealing with your heart. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else? Quickly, as we pray, just for a moment. You say, well, Pastor, I, 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 I'm kind of embarrassed. I, I don't know. I think this is a very private thing just between God and I. It's not. Everything God did, He did public. Jesus died openly and publicly stripped down, beat. Jesus himself said, accept me before men and I'll declare you unto my Father. Deny me before men and I'll deny you before my Father. Your public profession of faith or if you're away from God, publicly returning to the Lord as the prodigal son did to his father unashamedly, knowing that there was forgiveness in the Father's house. It'll help you to continue on in the things of God. So several have raised their hand. If you've raised your hand, you don't have to do it a second time. But I'm going to look one more time just to make sure. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God. Would you lift your hand? Anyone else? We see your hand. God bless you. See another hand. God bless you. Now everybody look this way. Here's how we're going to do it. In just a moment, Island Church is going to stand and, and give a big hand clap and applause. And it's not for my preaching. It's not for our music. It's for every one of you that raised your hand. And what it is, it's an encouragement. Because sometimes people are, are, are they take that one step of faith, and then sometimes that second step of faith is difficult. But Island Church wants to show you that they're not judging you, that they love you, that every one of us came down that same aisle one day, and that every one of us is supporting you, and we're going to support you with a great big hand clap. So Island Church, do that for everyone that raised their hand. Do that for every person and give them a great big hand clap. Come on, give them a great. And everyone that raised your hand, come down here right now. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come on, right now. Come right now. Come to this altar. Come stand here right in front of me. Come on, don't be ashamed. 
Come on, come on, give them a big hand clap. Come on, church, don't patty cake. Come on, you can come stand and face me. Come on, sir, come stand right here. Come on, come stand right here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, anybody else? Anybody else need to come? We'll wait just a moment if you need to. Praise God. Amen. Now, let me just say this. I feel prompted in my spirit to say this. Because many times we talked about how that, that, that adversary, that enemy attacked Mary's mind. And many times the greatest attack in our mind when it comes to serving God is this. It's too hard. It's just too hard. You can't. I'm telling you, look what not serving God will do to you. It's so easy to serve God. Because He loves us so much. He cares about us so much. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer out loud so our own ears hear what our voices say. And after, we're going to settle it. We're right with God. Amen? That we're right with God. No matter what our circumstances say, no matter our situation, we're right with God. Amen? So church, you're going to help us? Out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I believe He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went about doing good and healing the oppressed. Today, I believe it. I receive it. I thank you, Heavenly Father. You raised him from the dead, and today he is seated at your right hand. I am born again. My sins are forgiven. My past is behind me. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, areas of my life, where I seem to be so weak, I ask you for strength. Help me, Lord. I thank you as I stand at the altar of Island Church today, December the 24th, Christmas Eve. I am right with God. Jesus is my Lord. Devil, get out of my life. You're not welcome. Jesus, look at me. I belong to you. I need your help. I need your strength. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn around. Somebody going to give you a great big hug. Hallelujah. Now, we say this all the time. Everybody look this way. It's so simple. It's so simple. And it doesn't rob you of your time. It, it blesses you. Three things. Number one, this book is life. Read this Bible every day. Talk to God. It's called prayer. Come to church. Get around the family that God has placed you in. And those three things right there, I guarantee you do it for a year, your life will change. You do it for two years, you'll have a brand new life. You do it for three years, you may end up a missionary in Africa. Or whatever the will of God is for your life. Because that's how good God is, and that's how short the time is. And we all need to be busy about the master's business. Wave at us, Doc. Go with them, if you will. They've got some free gifts, materials. They'll pray with you, anything you may need. Give them a big hand clap, church. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't patty cake. Give them a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Now, let me say something real quick. We're going to pray and be dismissed. Don't just run out of church today. You know, stop and shake someone's hand and wish them Merry Christmas and fellowship a little bit together and because this is, this is all about Jesus, amen? And I guarantee you, we, be, we, will be, we will be blessed. Now, let me just say this real quick. 
I, I encourage you, come to church on Wednesday nights. Come to church next Sunday. It's going to be a powerful weekend. God's put some powerful stuff in my spirit, especially for that Sunday night service, that New Year's Eve celebration. It's going to be anointed. It's going to be prophetic. There's some things the Lord's showing me about this coming year. And there's some things God has for some of you that you're not going to get it if you're not here. So come, bring somebody with you, and let's end this year strong and start 2000. Who would ever thought we'd be here in 2018? But here we are, doing the will of God, seeing the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for all you're doing. Now, Lord, as this week comes upon us, Christmas Day tomorrow, many will travel. We thank you, Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, as we travel on the highways, the airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Lord, whether it be for recreation, for pleasure, or whether it be for our job or our work, we thank you that we're protected, that we're safe. Lord, those that have to work this week, handle the resource of life, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we're blessed, not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, but we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you for the door of utterance, especially in our families, those in our family that don't know you. Let our lives, let our lives preach Jesus to them as so we walk in divine love and bless our families in these next couple of days. Thank you, Father. We love you so much for your grace, your mercy, your favor, your kindness, the faith you impart through your word and forgiving us, Jesus. Our eternal lives will be a constant reminder of our worship and love to you. We thank you for Island Church as we walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.